everyone, this is Matthew Bergeron back with another episode of Wrestling Conversations. Uh, so the guest for this episode is independent wrestler Connor Hopkins. Um, in this interview, we discuss what uh, Connor's inspirations in wrestling were, um, what his goals are for this upcoming year and beyond, including wanting to be uh, the face of Time Bomb Pro here in Fargo. Um, also, we talk about some of his time in, in Dreamwave, and at the end, we get into a little bit of some um, non-wrestling-related um, questions and topics, uh, so please uh, give this conversation a listen. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Wrestling Conversations. We have a very special guest today. We have Mr. Connor Hopkins. Connor, how are you? Thanks for joining. Hey, Matt. I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm glad that we finally got this uh, figured out, and I actually checked my DMs like a responsible adult. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad to be here. No, all good, all good. I usually I usually message people. I think on Twitter. I can't remember why I and I don't have like a like a Facebook for the show. So I think I mentioned, I think I messaged you on my personal accounts and probably at first probably saw it like, what is this guy doing? So I do have like an actual account for the podcast just not on Facebook. And I don't remember why I messaged you there. So no, it's all good. We, we definitely uh, made it happen. So no, thanks for making it work. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, the first thing I kind of, I wanted to kind of bring up to you. So I live in Fargo, not from there originally too. So I've definitely seen you locally at, at time bomb too. And I actually, I didn't uh, make it to the show, unfortunately. So um, I mentioned this to you off air, but I had COVID recently and I had an exposure. I worked technically it's medical and I, you know, ended up with a few right. COVID exposures here recently. So I missed that show because of, because of that, but I had a chance, although they uploaded it um, on YouTube and stuff to watch uh, the match that you had with, with uh, Mr. Paul London. So that was one, that's what I love about indie wrestling too, is just like those random things that you like never would have thought could even happen yeah. all of a sudden that's possible. Yeah. So what was your experience like working with Paul? Yeah. Um, I, to, to sum it up in a word, it was an experience. Um, and I will, I will tell you why. Uh, I mean, the whole match came to be because time bomb Eric, um, you know, I won the sanctuary title in October and we started talking about first title defenses. And somehow he was like, oh, Paul London owes me a booking. How about that? And I just went, huh? <laughs> yeah, sign me up. And so Paul gets to the building and, you know, we're talking about stuff. And he is an odd cat. He marches to the beat of his own drum in a major way. Uh, and so, you know, we're talking about stuff, whatever. And we, we get out, you know, we got it all ready. And he comes out singing the theme to Thunderball. Yeah. Which yeah. is... Oh, gosh. A thing he does... Like, again, he has always been a weird dude, and now he is, like, just able to be that, and I am so happy for him because he seems like he's really enjoying himself. Um, and he's still getting booked, so, like, why not? But, yeah, you know, he sings... Uh, he sings songs on the way to the ring now. Um we start having this match and he is just beating the ever loving Christ out of me. Like from the jump, I try to get the jump on him and he somehow hot starts on me. That's like the kind of dude he is. There is body slamming on the floor. There is garbage bags. There is so much chopping. There is, it's a fight. Like I genuinely felt like I was in a fight, uh, but it was awesome. It was just, it was such an insane, surreal experience because, like, I came up, you know, watching London and Kendrick, like, 
do their tag thing in real time. Yeah, you definitely have like range for for that, like when they were coming up through, and yeah, that was some of the best. I'm like, ah, he had been pretty excited for this one, dude. Yeah, I I remember watching them on TV, like on SmackDown. I have very vivid memories of them being my guys for a time. But yeah, and also like I'm a huge early odds Ring of Honor fan, and so. Again, he also did stellar things in super early Ring of Honor. Um, yeah, it was just, it was such a cool experience. And um, he had a lot of great advice uh, after the match as well. He gave me his phone number, which was sweet. Um, but I think the thing that I have taken away the most, or at least that I joke that I took away the most from that, is that... Uh, Paul London says it's okay to hit your opponents really, really hard as long as you don't hurt them and you don't hit them in the face, the throat, or the nuts. Otherwise, swing away. Yeah, gee, I remember watching that match when it was put on YouTube. Of, of course, I was you know wanting to be at the show and couldn't make it um, at that point. And I watched it and it was not what I expected it to be. I mean... I mean, I've watched some of his matches, you know, in recent in recent memory too. And it, I mean, yeah, it was a pretty hot start, and he was, I mean, he was definitely laying some shots in for sure. Bro, I gotta, I gotta ask, how was how was that body slam on the floor? Because I'd walk that floor. That's it's not a soft service. Um, I don't take floor bumps. I, I will. I usually will stop myself from getting body slammed on the floor or hipped, you know, whatever on the floor. Cause I know that shit hurts. I don't want to do that. And when he just scoops me up and I go, Oh, I guess I'm taking a body slam now. And it just like it, it hurt, but I was so like, there was so much adrenaline. It was a weird, like it woke me up type deal. Ugh, I hate, hate floor bumps, but. When Paul London body slams you on the floor, I don't think you really have a choice. I don't have a choice. You just got to go with it. And then you had the, you know, right after that, we had the garbage can. I was like, I wonder what was in that can. Because you got, you got to be pretty good with that thing. I'm like, you know, there might be some cans in there. I don't think they, maybe they sell bottles there, but I don't think they do. But anyway, you never know. Yeah. yeah. There were no bottles, thankfully. Uh, Paul London is a professional through and through, you know. He's, <laughs> he's checking those bags to make sure there's no bottles in there. Um, but yeah, then he's just absolutely just crushing me with that garbage bag and then in the head with the trash can. And I'm wondering at that point, you know, why this match is still happening. There's no disqualifications or anything. But again, Paul, when you're dealing with Paul London, you just kind of say, fuck it and let it ride. Right. Just let it go. Let him do what he wants. Let him do what he wants. Okay, sure. So yeah, I mean, time bomb is something is someone being local to Fargo that is something that I've you know I've been to some shows not as many as I would have liked like to be like to have been at um you know COVID I know slowed things down but how did you kind of first get into Time Bomb because you've been there for a couple years now yeah uh actually just over a year um it was your first year 20 yeah last August okay yeah um and I'm trying to think how it even started. Uh, I think Time Bomb Eric uh, was at like a higher ground show in the Twin Cities and saw me wrestle. And then a couple of months later, I remember getting a DM from him about coming up. Or I guess it would have been, yeah, August of 22. Um, and just, uh, yeah, it was a match against Damon Spriggle. And I really wasn't familiar at all with Time Bomb. 
Um, but Eric seemed like a cool guy and, you know, I'd know Damon and had a carload to go up with. So I said, yeah, fuck it. Why not? And then it has become one of my favorite promotions that I've ever worked for. Yeah, they definitely had, they put on good shows too. And for like a spot in the, the country where it's like, okay, the Dakotas, I think historically have been kind of rough at times as far as like what, especially indie wrestling, what, what indie wrestling is there too. So to have something like that local is a, I think a pretty big deal for people that, that people that live here too. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely very thankful that they are running here consistently. Yeah, dude. Uh, nobody's doing it like time bomb. I messaged time bomb Eric after every show and I just go, man, what we are doing up here is something special. Um, like, I love Time Bomb Pro. I want to be the face of Time Bomb Pro. You know, I want to be Mr. Time Bomb Pro. Like, I am so bought in. And, like, Fargo is an awesome town. And so, like, it's always sweet to have, like, that Fargo crowd there because they are unlike any other crowd. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know, man. There's just really something special there that... I really got like a glimpse of right away. No, definitely. I was at the show. So I was the, pre- the last time on the show I was at was, I think it was August of 23, where I think you wrestled. So I think it was Kevin. I yeah. Was, was that was that August? Yep. That would have been me and Koo. Okay. Okay. And now it's a guy that um, I've been a fan of for years. What are, what are your, what are your thoughts on that match? And just any time that you step in there with Kevin? Uh, So I've been in the ring with Koo now twice I think um and he is he's someone who gets the connective bits of wrestling in a way that not many people do and that's what I absolutely love working with him for because my shit has never been smoother and like well placed than when I was wrestling with Kevin Koo and (laughs) yeah I don't know he's just he's so good and he also hits really goddamn hard. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I don't have enough nice things that I can say about the guy. Yeah, that match was, was definitely uh, a, one of my favorite ones I've seen in person a little while too. And I actually brought my wife to that show with me and she's not a wrestling fan. Uh, she he tolerates it and I think has learned to appreciate it. But those were some of her comments as well about that match that you guys had. Like, wow, those guys were hitting juggling pretty hard. I'm like, yeah, well, sounds sounds about right for them. But she was that she was pretty impressed for a non wrestling. That is like that match with Koo is one of my favorite. Like, it's probably on my top ten matches of all time list. Uh, I loved that match. Um, hearing reports from the crowd that you could like see the sweat flying off of us and shit as we were slapping the shit yeah. out of each other. Like, I loved it. Also, is it okay if I swear on here? Yes, anything you want. Say anything you want. No, you're good. You're good. I'm not going to say, like, anything, but, you know, within reason. Right, right, but... Um, Yeah, no, like, I don't know. It was just, that's what I love about wrestling. Like, that is my shit right there. That's what I love. And you mentioned, like, you know, Paul London and watching him back on uh, SmackDown. Who were the people... I guess that first kind of poked you into wrestling, and then so we'll we'll uh, we'll start with that first. So as you as I'm guessing, you grew up a wrestling fan as a kid. So who were those guys that kind of first hooked you in? Yeah, um, like right away when I became a wrestling fan as a kid, um, Jeff Hardy was a huge one for me. As most kids at the time, um, I loved DX. I loved Shawn Michaels in particular. Um, I thought the Undertaker was cool as shit. Um, but I also loved like 
Edge and kind of Batista and, you know, like it was a lot of people. But I think the the people who got me back into wrestling, you know, like and actually enjoying it for what it is and not like some kid who thinks that it's real still. uh, I really started to notice dudes like uh, Punk again uh, until he was he left. And then it was like Daniel Bryan was this guy I had never heard of before, but he was just awesome. It was in the middle of the yes movement. I came back to wrestling. So I don't know. It's a whole slew of guys, but I I think if you watch my work, you can just pick out exactly who influenced me. I feel like is there is there some like this is obviously a little bit later on, but is there some Adam Cole influence? I don't know if that's just if that's a total shot in the dark, but No, you are one hundred percent on the nose there. Um I I actually spoke about this in a Dreamwave promo, and this is completely <laughs> true, is that um the kingdom, the like OG kingdom, the yeah. original kingdom, um, were the reason that I got into independent wrestling. I didn't know that there was a ring of honor, you know? And I remember one of my buddies turning me on to it. I think the first match that I watched in ring of honor was like an Okada match. So I was just like stunned that good wrestling existed. Um, good place to start then. Yeah, and then I saw The Kingdom, which was Adam Cole, Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, and Maria Kanellis. Um, it was, I don't know, there was something that just really resonated. So yeah, you'll absolutely see stink lines of Adam Cole coming off of quite a lot of the things that I do. And at what point, this is always like when I've had a chance to talk to anyone that is a wrestler themselves, like as like growing up, I was a wrestling fan, but it never even like crossed my mind. It's like, oh, that's something that somebody could actually like do, right? It's just something that you watched online. Where was that point for you that it's like, okay, this is something I could actually um, kind of pursue going forward? Uh, it was kind of from day one. Uh, it was like an immediate, like it sunk its teeth in me. And I was like, I want to be a pro wrestler, like straight up. So like we started, um, you know, wrestling in my buddy's basement or in his bedroom or whatever, you know, on a mattress and doing stuff like that. And then it grew into like, we got into high school and started trampoline wrestling and actually learning how to like do moves and shit in the backyard. And this whole time I'm like, a three sport athlete and doing all these performing arts things as well. And all of it, I just had this realization the other day I was talking to uh, the coyotes and I was like, I was like, I have built my entire life around wrestling without me even knowing it. Like, so yeah, it's been from day one, but like when I finally was like, okay, this is happening. Um, there was some shindy that came to my small hometown <laughs> and they let people, do a seminar and I was like 16 years old I lied and said I was 18 uh the ad in the newspaper said it was 30 dollars and dude wanted 50 from me like you know just carniest of carnies uh and so we had to set up the ring and then he taught us how to bump and roll and whatever and then we all left in agony and then we came back for the show and then we tore down the ring so it was in that moment where I was like, you know, 16 years old and able to like actually move in a ring and like able to physically do these things that I have seen wrestlers doing, like running the ropes, you know, mm -hmm. once mm -hmm. you start, 
realizing those things, that's when you really start to gain that confidence to do it for real. Yeah. And like you said, that's, it's funny how everything lined up. You said you had some, like, obviously sports backgrounds at performing arts. Like that's pretty much, I mean, pro wrestling really is like the collision of those two things. So I guess, I mean, without even knowing it, you were, were pretty well prepped. Yeah, exactly. I always describe pro wrestling as the perfect blend between sport and theater. You know, it's, it's both worlds that you have to be good at in conjunction with one another. And so, yeah, like without even knowing it, I loved both of those things growing up. And so now I'm a pro wrestler. And that's, yeah, that's something with, with wrestling too. There's really nothing else like it. I mean, we said I know of and have tried to get into some because I think it's, if, if people don't get it, it's hard to explain it to them. But I feel like when people will do get it. It's like, okay, there's really nothing else like it. Yeah. And that's what I keep telling people. Um, you know, in all of my normal people jobs, I quickly get outed as the pro wrestler and, you know, I have to field a million questions every day about wrestling and they're all just, you know, the usual questions. But isn't it fake? Yeah. And then uh, those people go to a show <laughs> and whether it's fake or not doesn't matter to them. None of those like things that they would criticize wrestling for matter anymore. It's the purest form of entertainment that there is. And you put, uh, I think um, American Dragon said this. He was like, you show people great fucking wrestling and people are going to love it. You know? So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's something as as a as a wrestler yourself too. Like I, again, from a fan perspective, people know that I do a podcast and stuff, but sometimes I like try to avoid it, not because I'm embarrassed, but just it's like, I just don't want to go through explaining like what it is because they, they just don't get it. I can't imagine your side of things, how often you are getting those types of questions. My, uh, one of the biggest like glow up moments I've ever had in my life is, uh, like part-time I bartend here in God's country and, uh, my regulars used to always say like, aren't you a little small to be a wrestler? And then like, I started actually like working out and treating my body right or whatever. And a couple of months later, I had taken like a couple weeks off and I came back and they were like, oh man, like the, the, aren't you too small to be a wrestler thing just stopped. And I think mostly what it was is I got a tan and that confused everyone. So Workers, if you're listening, get a tan. Get a tan. That helps. That helps for sure. Especially at this point of the, you know, this part of the country too, where we see this, see the sun three months out of the year. I mean, getting a tan that that definitely does help things out for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've been kind of all over the Midwest here um, recently too, and you made quite this, quite the splash in uh, Dreamwave. And Dreamwave has been getting lots of, you know, lots of attention the last couple of years here. So how did you kind of first get hooked up with Dreamwave? Yeah. So my trainer, Christian Rose is um like a legend of dreamwave um you know dreamwave ran um under the dreamwave banner i think they were from like 2010 or something like that up to 2016 um but uh the the guy in charge um j repsol j rep he is like an experienced promoter he's been promoting shows since like 02 um which is nuts uh, he actually just posted a photo of himself, Vic Capri, and CM Punk uh, from like an early, early, early show of theirs. So, yeah, you know, but 
Rose is a legend there. And so we start doing this TDC thing and we start hearing rumors that Dreamwave might be coming back. Um, and, you know, so we're like, okay, maybe we make this a thing. Maybe that we can take this to Dreamwave. And J-Rep ended up really being into the idea, um, liking the look of the group and, you know, kind of the dynamic. And so, um, yeah, we found ourselves on the first show back after six years and we have yet to miss a show. Yeah, you guys are definitely a constant on the show that just you're pretty much always, yeah, you're always there. And been popping up kind of all over do you have any specific whether it's goals or like promotions you'd like to work for maybe they work for some but want to get into more or just new promotions in general for this new uh 2024 for this new year yeah that's a great question there are a lot of those um a big one for me is i want to go international um you know i would love to go up to canada but i'd also love the opportunity to go overseas um, you know, maybe to like London, you know, stay in London for however long and check out the, the British wrestling scene. Um, but also like stateside, um, every year I set a goal to wrestle in at least one more state. Um, so in the last couple of years, I've picked up like Kansas and North Dakota and, you know, <laughs> branching out a little yeah, bit, more. branching out. Sure. Sure. Um, I'd love to get out to Ohio. I think that would be pretty cool. Uh, I'm making my debut in St. Louis Anarchy, so I can check that off my uh, my list. Um, what I really want to do, uh, as far as indies are concerned, is I want to figure out how to get myself on GCW. Uh, they've started running more in the Midwest. <laughs> um, they have a show coming up in St. Louis on March 1st, and I... Uh, you know, I would love to uh, be a part of it. Um, maybe not the May f- or the March first one or whatever, but you know, like GCW has that feeling um, that I really enjoy out of my pro wrestling. It's it's got that IWA Mid South yes. like super card feel. Well, definitely GCW's been. I mean, they've been putting on some some really good stuff, and there's no signs of them slowing down. So I hope that it sounds like they're going to just keep going, keep expanding. So that would be, I think it'd be definitely be a good fit there. That'd be awesome. we got to see that happen. See that I, happen for sure. What about Effie, the, calling you out? <laughs> hey, there we go. I think that would be a pretty good fit. Have you, have you wrestled Effie before? Or is that still on the bucket list to do? That is still on the bucket list. That's another 2024 goal is, uh, on a lock horns with Effie. I want to see what the rage is all about. And you know what you mean? He definitely, he definitely makes some, you know, make some appearances locally too. Um, I, I think I think for you and you wrestled some for first wrestling too. They will bring him in several times. So I don't know if that's the spot. I don't know where that is, but I think that's something that hopefully the next year or two we can see happen. Yeah, uh, actually, about a year ago, um, no, like legitimately a year ago, like today, um, I spent an entire weekend with Effie. Uh, it was my first time meeting Effie, and then I spent about 48 hours with him, um, where uh, we were in Time Bomb on Thursday up in Fargo. Uh, then we all went down to Minneapolis, and then it was Wrestlepalooza. Uh, and then the next day, it was Freelance in Chicago, and Effie, myself, Chris Huffman, and Free Range Kara uh, spent a car ride there together for like over eight hours. Uh, 
and it was fantastic. Oh, Dave, he's such an interesting guy too. I don't know if you've ever. I've started diving into some of his his uh, like podcast stuff too, and I think he's he's got to be like the smartest guys out there too. Dude, I don't think he gets the credit for that either. But no, he is so smart, and because he is confident in his ability and like his know how, he puts on airs just to like because he thinks it's funny. You know, he yeah. is he is a fucking worker. If there ever was one, he is one of the goddamn greats. Just spending some time with him and getting to know him like personally, or at least whatever version of Effie is, you know, right, right. That, that day is, you know, whatever. Um, no, he is. He is so unbelievably intelligent, and not even just about wrestling, just like in general. Yeah, no, a lot of good stuff too. I, I I listened to just a small clip of his and like he was he was going on it wasn't a rant, but he was going on it was a couple minutes of him talking about like, okay, um, but the people that are trying to work WrestleMania weekend, all these different shows too, and just like the perspective that he I think he really like actually wants to help people too. And it, it comes off like okay, like some people could maybe read into that the wrong way, but if you really listen to what he's saying, it's I think he comes from a place where he is trying to help everybody else and pull people up. Yeah, exactly. He'll even tell you this exactly. He'll be like, I am trying to help you fools for free, and y'all are too dumb to fucking listen. And, you know, that's why I listen to whatever Effie says. Like, yeah. he's so smart, man. Yeah, not a lot of sugarcoating kind of says it says it like it is. But no, I think that's that's something that he's been around enough in in this uh, this neck of the woods. I think we can make that happen. I, I'd, I'd love to see that in the next year. Sure. Let's do it. If so, Effie's one of the guys on your list. Who else is on that short list of people that you would like to face coming up? Yeah. Um, ooh, that's a good question. You know, I, uh, I've i been fortunate enough to cross off a lot of, like, dream opponents. Um, there are a few that it would be a hard, it would, it, you know, it'd be a tall order to, to make this happen. But I want Jimmy Jacobs. Um, that right now I think is my number one. Um, yeah, I want to wrestle Jimmy Jacobs. I can't work for Mid-South. Well, they're coming back maybe, but I don't know. You know, I can't work for peak Mid-South. So like Jimmy Jacobs, I, I would love to wrestle, but I think on a more realistic note, um, I would love to work with, uh, Brian Keith at some point, but he's likely, you know, going up to AEW soon, which, like, I'm so fucking happy for the guy, but, um, you know what? Actually, Matt Cage. Uh, Matt Cage yeah. recently made a return to Dreamwave Wrestling, and, uh, we've wrestled once before, but he's on my short list to do it again. Matt Cage, okay. Okay, yeah, Brian, I'd like to see that, too, and I feel like, yeah, he has to be, you know, move it up soon. I feel like they, he's been making some appearances and I feel like they're dragging that on for a while after a while getting him full. They are they're teasing him out a little bit, but I think when he offic when that graphic does drop, I think it's going to be a very, very popular decision. Yeah, I think so. It's hard to like everything you hear about him, like there's I haven't really heard anybody say anything negative about Brian Keith ever. I don't know if you've ever heard anything, but I've never heard anything negative about him. I would I wouldn't listen to anyone who had a bad thing to say about Brian Keith because yeah. he has been the man since day one. 
No, definitely. He's he definitely has been the last couple of years. He's I mean, not like it's an overnight thing for him. He's been at it for quite a long time, but last couple of years he's been definitely been everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And well deserved too. He's a great guy. Definitely. Okay. Do you mind if I ask you a couple non wrestling like rapid fire questions? Go right ahead. So for people and I don't know how much you want to share about this, but um for people that are wanting just to get know get to know you better, what are some of your hobbies outside of wrestling? Hobbies yeah. or interests, I guess. Yeah, good question. I um, I collect a lot of records. Um, I don't know. That's just something that I kind of got into like late junior high, early high school. Um, and so I have a pretty decent record collection. So I like to do that. Um, but also uh, I'm a graphic designer. I went to school um, for graphic design and video and stuff. And so I spend a lot of time just doodling and sketching and making stuff. Um, cause it helps me unwind and I like to do it. So like I design all of my own merch and gear and stuff like that. Awesome. I was going to say you have very nice graphics. I saw that you had put up a post and somebody had commented like, Oh, please make this into like trading cards. Is that something like from you that's in the works or a sense that you're like, you're, you're the guy designing it, I guess, but yeah, no, uh, when squints told me that at first it, it gave me a really good idea. And so I just need to like send the design off and actually get them printed somewhere. Okay. Um, I've just been running all over the place. Uh, there's some pretty big things that we're doing for TDC here soon. Uh, I've kind of been prioritizing that. Yeah. But yeah, I um, trading cards. I need to do that. Trading cards are still, I think, after like the... Well, I think things have settled down a little bit, but after the like COVID boom and stuff, I'm not sure if you paid attention to any of that stuff. So yeah, trading cards are definitely uh, they're, they're definitely back. Right, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, I am. I'm on two sets of trading cards now. I think uh, I was in the Time Bomb series two, and I'm in the upcoming Dreamwave trading card series. Okay. Okay. So things are happening. You, you can make your own. You'll be on, you'll be on another one then. Uh huh. All right. Well, a couple of just rapid fire questions too. Um, favorite food? Favorite food? Uh, a nice medium rare ribeye. Okay, good call on that one. Good call. Favorite drink? Favorite drink? Um, non-alcoholic, sparkling water. Okay, good call. Um, yeah, that one. Alcoholic, perhaps blue ribbon. Okay, okay, all right. Your favorite TV show? Current or like anytime in the past? Ooh, uh, Mad Men always comes to mind. Um, I don't really watch a ton of TV anymore. Um, I mostly just watch wrestling. Um, but yeah, Mad Men, I think is, oh, and House. Uh, I started watching House a while ago and really like that show. House is, House is pretty good. Mad Men's one that's on my list. I haven't gotten to it yet, but that's one that's definitely on the list. All right. So you said you watch a, a lot of wrestling too. I never know with wrestlers how much wrestling they watch. I feel like at this point, I think most people do, but I don't know. So what do you, what do you like to keep up with? Yeah, uh, I like to keep up with things that happened about 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> uh, I have a, a I'm I have an ever growing Ring of Honor DVD collection um, as long as well as like some IWA mid mid oh sorry I'm stumbling some IWA mid south uh, and you know a bunch of other random promotions some PWG some TNA you know whatever um just a lot of that stuff basically if it happened between the year 2000 and 2007 that's probably what i'm watching yeah that's that's definitely i would have to agree with that too like that is 
mean, I was born in 97. So that's like, I wasn't probably watching a lot of like the, you know, Ring of Honor, some indie stuff then, but I went back to watch a lot of that later as I got a little bit older. And there was so much good stuff at that time that just, I think some people just do not know about. So like, if you want to go find some good stuff, check out that time period. Dude, that is legitimately my entire wrestling style now is just what are things that I saw people doing, you know, 15, 20 years ago. So much good stuff. So much good stuff. Okay, last rapid fire question. So favorite fictional character. So this could be movie, TV, books, anything, any fictional characters that stand out. Outside of wrestling. Outside of wrestling. Oh, of course. Um, gosh, I don't know. That's a really hard question. I'm walking here. I'm sorry. Um, I think you know, as far as like favorite fictional characters go, um, I feel like people might point to things that like inspire them as a wrestler or person or whatever. But I think uh, Clark Griswold might be my favorite fictional character of all time. Clark is, yeah, I mean, Clark is pretty, I mean, I think at this point, even though he's well known, I still think he's a little bit underrated. Yes, yes, no love for the vacation movies. No, no, and even, like, we're just getting over, like, getting through the uh, Christmas season, and um, Christmas Vacation is, that's gotta be, like, top three Christmas movie for me, and my wife, for some reason, she's like, I just don't really like that one. I don't know why, and it's like, Clark is, Clark is, Clark's the man. Yeah, I love it. All right. Love me some Eric Griswold. No, definitely. I, I got to go through. I think the Christmas Vacation one gets like the the most. You know, I had probably seen that one the most. I need to go through the the whole series of movies that they have. <laughs> vacation is good. Um, European Vacation eh, has its moments, and yeah. Vegas Vacation is not great. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I think I, I've seen Vacation, but not the other two. So I. Or, maybe I shouldn't try those. Maybe I'll go back to revisit vacation, leave it at that. Leave it at that. Okay. You've seen the good ones. Sure. Okay. All right, Connor. Well, thank you very much for all the all the time you've given us today. Before we go, um, I wanted to make sure you have a second to tell people where they can find you coming up on shows, where people can find you online and support you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can find me online at Connor Hopkins98. That is on Twitter and Instagram. Um there's a bunch of links and bios for things there, but that's where I'm most active. I also have a Facebook page. I couldn't, uh, I think it's like, it's Connor Hopkins dash professional wrestler. Um, yeah, I have a merch site, chmerch.com, those damn coyotes.com and, uh, some of my upcoming dates that I'm excited about. Um, coming up here next weekend already is my debut at St. Louis Anarchy. I'm tagging with Christian Rose versus Anakin Murphy and Zach Sawyer's. Uh, you can catch it on IWTV. Um, it's going to be a real, real good show. Um, yeah, Higher Ground Wrestling in the, uh, Eau Claire, they are running now uh, on February 3rd. Um, Dreamwave coming up on February 10th. I have a big six-man tag, uh, myself and the Coyotes versus uh, Mike Bennett, 12-Gage, and Hunter Holdcraft. Um, it is going to be... A firefight, to be certain. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Otherwise, if you want to catch me, I'm usually on Twitter. Um, I I hate how much I use that app, but I still use it all the time. Awesome. Well, thank you again very much for uh, for taking the time. If there's any ever anything you want to have some time to talk about, please let us know. We'd love to have you back on. 
Wait until I give my dissertation on the 04 Ted Petty Invitational. Okay. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. Lots of things to talk about there. All right. Awesome. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, Matt.